The views expressed on the following program of those of its hosts and participants in no way reflect those of the staff or management of WNRI. The pandemic, civil unrest, protest, and the road to the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Folks, good afternoon. It's John DePietro on this um, rainy Tuesday, and you're listening to The John DePietro Show. Folks, is uh, what a great hour last hour with uh, Donna Perry. So if uh, if you did not catch that, you can uh, always go back and check it out at the website, depetro.com, depetro.com, brought to you by, folks, again, remember, this is a perfect time of year. If you need to do some paving, call J. Perry Paving today. They always provide high quality, fair pricing, exceptional service, over 20 years experience specializing in commercial paving, residential paving, seal coating patios. Call J. Perry Paving today for a free estimate. Call them. And remember, with J. Perry Paving, first of all, they have a great website, which is letter J, jperrypaving.com. And you can also find them on Facebook, but you can call them for a free estimate at 401-732-1730. 401-732-1730 for J. Perry Paving. You know, this is, if you have a, whether it's a new paving project or a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed, you can depend on on J. Perry Paving. Folks, call them today, J. Perry Paving at 732-1730, 732-1730 for J. Perry Paving. Well, it's John DePietro on this Tuesday. Now, I want to try him back. I was just chatting moments ago with Brother Gary from Black Lives Matter, and I want to see if we can uh, get him back on the line here on the program to uh, talk a little bit of uh, what's going to be happening in the latest, the situation with the young man, uh, Jamal. We may not be able to. And if not, then I want to uh, play. We are going to talk to his uh, stepdad coming up. Well, Brother Gary must have got pulled away. So let me just, uh, one more. Nope. Okay. All right. Now, folks, uh, very dramatic. There is going to be a press briefing. Uh, excuse me. There's going to be a protest tonight. And I think it's going to actually going to be a massive protest tonight in the city of Providence. I did attend the press briefing yesterday. I was out um, out last night watching and they had uh, some people, some of his friends. They call it a ride up where they go out. And um, and again, it's it's one of those things that yesterday for those of you that if you caught, I did a Facebook Live from the briefing yesterday. And one of the, the reasons is because it's so important to try to get out as much information as they can. And and I know yesterday, as folks, as many of you know, I'd like to support the Providence Police if I can. And I think they're in a tough spot. Let's hear, uh, this was the Channel 12 uh, version of the story last night. And I'm Shannon Heggie. The family of the victim says it's Jamal Gonsalves. In this video, riding his moped next to this police car when something goes horribly wrong. Tonight, we're hearing from the family while police give an update on their investigation. Let's head right out to Brandon Truitt, who's covering it all for us live in Providence. Brandon? Well, Shannon and my Providence police saying they feared this day would come. They say they've received these types of complaints for ATVs or mopeds for months. Tonight, as you mentioned, there is a man in a coma. Police are trying to figure out why. He didn't commit no big crime. He was just out riding with a bunch of friends. A lifelong hobby turning into a near-death experience. Tia Triple says her son, 24-year-old Jamal Gonsalves, is in a coma. His fiance, Kendra T. Bolt, says Gonsalves loves motocross. They say he was pretty good at it, too. He loves riding with his friends. Like I said, he's a ball of energy. He always has to be doing something, being active, and that's really what he loves. Police say the driver injured Sunday night was part of a group of nearly 300. They say calls started rolling in before 4 in the afternoon. Police showing up first to India Point Park in an effort to disperse the group of ATVs and mopeds. Some of them splitting off to Elmwood Avenue where this happened. Cell phone video showing the moments just before impact. Right now, it's still unclear if the cruiser actually hit the moped. This will be broken down frame by frame, uh, moment by moment. There will be all sets of eyes on it. We will be transparent. Uh, We will be forthcoming with the information as we can 
release it properly. The officer behind the wheel is on administrative duty for now. The attorney general's office is stepping in to help. Gonzalez's family says that he was wearing a helmet and most of his injuries are internal. Now they're holding their breath for the hours and days ahead. I just would like everybody to send prayers for him. And police saying that Gonzalez's moped was not registered, therefore making it illegal for the road. Now, police also saying that they have body camera footage from several officers, although when I asked them, they would not make it clear if one of those officers was the one behind the wheel. Live in Providence, Brandon True at 12 News. Now again, folks, what, um, what is also difficult about it, again, good afternoon. I want to say good afternoon to uh, everyone tuning in on Facebook Live. Uh, we have our new set. I think we are finally have straightened out a lot of the glitches. I normally just focus on the radio portion of this, but I did want to uh, say hello to everybody tuning in on Facebook Live. I see so there's uh, Carrie and folks and David Plumbo and uh, Tammy and Brenda and there's uh, Matt. Please share. Good afternoon, Judy. Folks, let me know how the sound is. I hope you're enjoying our new set. Again, I want to thank uh, the D-man, Daniel DiPietro, who has stepped in and uh, really turned things around as it's not easy to pull off. This type of set, and you're going to see some different things over the next couple of weeks. But again, we're at the Jacqueline Clear Studio, and I want to thank uh, the D-Man. Please do a thumbs up. And uh, go ahead. good afternoon, James Lombardi. Folks, I think the sound should be good. Um, now, again, tonight is, as I said, this this massive protest that is planned. And I let me just double check. We're going to speak with Jamal's. Um, oh, good. Thank you, D-Man. We're going to speak with um, Jamal's. Um, stepfather, who we spoke to yesterday, uh, Bernard, who is, is just terrific. We're going to talk to him coming up at 1230, and then we're going to speak with a friend of the family coming up next hour. And we are going to give you the latest on the race, folks. But this this is big. There's a lot of misinformation out there. Thank you. There's our friend Mark. And by the way, I want to uh, thank him, uh, welcome him aboard. <coughs> folks, the, uh, the program just continues to get bigger and bigger. And I am so proud to welcome in. Uh, he is just terrific. And it's preferred towing and recovery. By the way, female owned and operated by Christine. Preferred towing and recovery. They specialize in towing, transport, asset recovery, repossessions, private property towing services. Mark and Christine, they've been doing it for over 30 years. They get the job done safely and securely, repossessions. Preferred also, preferred towing. They also buy older vintage cars. You know, the ones sitting in the garage for the last 15 years. You're going to restore someday. Why not give them a call? If you have one of those vehicles, I'll bet you could use some extra cash right now. Preferred towing. They can be reached at 401-725-8500. 401-725-8500. Or online, preferredrecovery.com as well as on Facebook. And I did share their Facebook page on my page, which is John DePietro's show. So preferred towing and recovery. Female owned and operated by Christine. I'll tell you what a team they are. And Mark, so they've been doing repossessions for over 30 years. They get the job done. And especially they buy those older vintage cars. So if you have one of those vehicles and it's just sitting in your garage, you know what? Why not get some cash for it? Call them at 401-725-8500. It's preferred towing in recovery. So now yesterday, for those of you um, that caught it, I did do a Facebook Live and it's also on the website petro.com And I will be at the uh, protest tonight. Now people ask me, I want to also just mention, people ask me, now Juan, are you sure you want to go there? Are you sure it's safe to go there? I'll tell you why I feel safe going. One of the reasons. And it's very simple, folks. Because before I go, I stop by surplus provisions on Pontiac Avenue in Cranston. Now, if you haven't been there, I encourage everyone. And by the way, it's female friendly. Now, a lot of people say get a gun, but not everyone wants to get a gun. And right now, it can be difficult trying to get your hands on a weapon. But surplus provisions on Pontiac Avenue in Cranston. Now, number one, they have pepper spray. If you're listening right now. And you're, whether you're a woman or a man, you never know. You need pepper spray. And they have pepper spray in all sizes. They also have food storage. They have ammo, 9 millimeter. It's very unique. It's like no, there's no other store in Rhode Island like them. And if you're listening right now, folks, who knows what's going to happen after the election? 
look at what's happening right now. I think tonight is the first of many protests. Many, many protests. Stop by and see them. Surplus provisions. Pontiac Avenue in Cranston. That's where I go before. Now, they also have body armor. I mean, they have everything. Stop in and see them. Uh, Body armor is becoming more and more popular. But a lot of times when you hear me mention about getting a weapon, a lot of people, you have to get approved. A lot of women, a lot of people don't want it. It's not easy obtaining a weapon these days, but it's very easy. You can protect yourself if you get yourself some pepper spray. So stop it and see them. Surplus provisions. And by the way, they're very helpful. And it's and when I say it's female friendly, I mean they have, you know, Tanya on the staff, they're they're terrific. And Kyle and Frank, so stop in and see them. Surplus provisions on Pontiac. Now, for those of you that if you caught the press briefing yesterday, one of the things that I was trying to point out was yesterday at the briefing, they were saying that, you know, this is going to be a very extensive investigation. And they're saying this could, Commissioner Perry was saying this could take months. Folks, I don't think we have months here. This is a volatile situation. I don't know what's going to happen tonight. I have a feeling I know what's going to happen tonight. But many of you that have followed this, this has been a volatile situation prior to anything happening locally. Now, no matter how, and there's several factors that come into this. One of the things is, and I put this at the feet of Mayor Alorza. I don't blame the police on this. I know the police are coming off as the bad guy. But Mayor Alorza, as many of you know, he is a progressive. And the progressives are willing to tolerate the loss of quality of life. They are. They're willing. They feel that you should sacrifice quality of life issues they feel for the freedom of everyone else. What do I mean by that? A perfect example. In the past, I'll, let's go back. Forget about Cicilline Cianci. Mayor Angel Tavares, he didn't allow panhandlers. He didn't allow loitering. He didn't allow those people. It was get moving. Angel Tavares didn't allow that. Alorza started that. Now, you have a lot of the homeless or the people that stay at crossroads, and then they just go downtown all day. In the past, you weren't allowed to lay on a sidewalk. You couldn't lie on a bench. You couldn't pass out somewhere. Alorza started that. That's why then you started seeing all the panhandlers at all the corners. So they start to say, well, you know, that's maybe you don't like it, but that's his freedom to do that and blah, blah, blah. Because then other communities wouldn't allow it. Mayor Fung, they'd challenge it and go after it. But it was it was Alorza that started to allow it. As far as these these bikes, I recognize a lot of people listening or watching me right now. You haven't been down to the India Point Park area, which is where the old Shooters was, down by the waterfront. You have Hot Club that's been there forever. Fishco is back open. You go farther along, that's India Point Park. They would race up and down there all summer on these on these bikes, ATVs, motorcycles, motor scooters, everything else, dirt bikes. Um, a lot of them, they're not supposed to be on the city streets. Now, they even put speed bumps in there and they still don't get them and they, you know, don't chase them off. But my point is, I don't think they never had a full policy on how to handle and contain the bikes. The bikes never should have been allowed in the city. If they were never allowed, you didn't have that in the past. If it was never allowed in the past, then you wouldn't have had what happened on Sunday. Now, what we have, and I was there yesterday, and my questions are very direct. This is, you know, he was on a moped. I I know they're saying it wasn't registered, but it, it's very possible. It's, it's, it's a couple of things happened here. I don't think this case is as complicated as they're saying. The, the advocates, some of the people in the community are saying that the police officer in Providence intentionally hit. Jamal Gonzalez says he was riding along. I, I don't know if that is the case. I don't know if, if we have the information on that. And there's varying things of that. Now, <coughs> excuse me, the front of the cruiser is damaged a little. But some people have said, well, that's because the police officer hit the stop sign. Somebody hit the stop sign and knocked over the stop sign on that street. I was at that street yesterday. I was right there yesterday and last night. So somebody knocked over that stop sign. It could have been Jamal, but it could have been the police car. How did he end up on the sidewalk? I don't know how he ended up on the sidewalk. You know, we don't know that. We haven't heard from the officer. Now, there's a car pulling out. 
it does appear Jamal on the moped swerves to avoid him. And then you hear the screech. And then he goes into, that's actually a house. It looks like a business. By the way, for those, it's right on Elmwood Avenue. I mean, they are a block from St. Matthew's Church. It's, it's really coming into the Cranston line. It's right there. Bissell Avenue in Elmwood, that is one block off where Roger Williams Park is to your left. But it's, it's one block off of Park Avenue in Elmwood. So he's coming right along there. Suddenly, the police car pulls out of Bissell Street. Jamal goes, swerves. Now, I don't know if he was going to go right or he was just, he thought he was going to ram into the police car. But somehow you hear the skid and the police car is behind him. Now, one of two things, either he didn't hit him, which is possible, we don't know, and Jamal lost control and skidded and went into the wall, or as he was stopping the moped scooter that he was on, he he then, the police car hit him and then projected him into the wall. I, I don't know. And I don't think we have enough yet to show it. It, it I don't think it was intentional. Um, the officer is on administrative leave. Uh, I have his name. They did announce it yesterday. He's been on the force for about six, six years. Kyle, uh, hold on. I have it. He is on... Um, Let's, nope, that's not it. Here it is. Kyle Endres, six-year member of the police force, was driving the cruiser. So he he joined the force in 2014. I, I don't know why he was then following him. He did seem to be a little bit close. There were some videos that you haven't seen anywhere else that are on the website, depetro.com. If you want to check them out, they are on the website. And then there is an officer who's very upset and heated. And he's yelling at a passerby. Now, the person in the video on DePetro.com, they were telling me they thought that that was Kyle who was driving the cruiser. And it clearly was not. The person in the video who is arguing with the person driving by in the car who's filming, it is not the same officer. But my point and what I was trying to get across, folks, last night was whatever information they have, this business of, you know, months from now, we're going to have, it it seems pretty simple. Um, Either the police officer hit him, and and I would think it was an accident, and they could come out and say it was an accident. He didn't intend to hit him. He stopped short. I don't know why he was following so close. I don't know why, if they had had another altercation somewhere or... Meaning something, I mean, we don't know what their first interaction was. That part we don't know. But I think they could provide a little more information to come out and say, we don't want people to jump to conclusions. And we're going to do a full investigation. Well, tonight, I think you're going to see the result of that. And I am a little surprised at that um, only because... Providence Police unsure if the cruiser struck the moped. They need to determine that as soon as possible. I don't know what the answer with that is. By the way, Channel 10 did talk with, um, well, I want to get to, actually, let me just back up. I want to get to that story where I I don't think, it doesn't seem that complicated to me. Like, does it really take months to determine that? I think he would know, don't they? I don't understand how they don't have a camera. Maybe they don't know. I think he would know if he hit him, though. But maybe he's not saying anything. Is that the police bill of rights where he doesn't have to say anything if he hit him? I thought yesterday was a little heavy handed where the attorney general's brought in. They're talking about the state police coming in. This is a Channel 10 report last night. In a crash involving a Providence police cruiser. NBC 10's Tamara Sakarza joins us live outside of Rhode Island Hospital with the latest on his condition. Morning, Tammy. Good morning. That victim has been identified as Jamal Gonzalez. His dad tells us he was unconscious when he was brought here to the hospital last night and was put on a breathing tube. We want to get straight to some witness video that shows you the moments leading up to this incident. You can see a police cruiser behind the moped. The camera pans away and seconds later, a loud crash. Providence police say this happened on Elmwood Avenue at around 6 last night. The 24-year-old's father gave us these pictures of his son who's now in critical condition. He says he had to undergo a procedure 
procedure to relieve pressure from around his brain. Now, police are still investigating what led up to this crash, but video posted to Twitter shows hundreds of dirt bikes, mopeds, and scooters illegally riding in Providence yesterday. We heard from a witness who watched this entire incident unfold. All the bikers and stuff were actually on both sides of the street. I mean, where's that legal? And what happened was, is the cop was uh, came up the wrong side and cut over and completely hit the kid and knocked him into the sign. Police are calling this a bigger public safety issue, pointing to the fact that riding mopeds, ATVs, and dirt bikes on city streets is illegal. We're live in Providence this morning. Now, again, that was um, NBC 10 as they were covering it last night. I thought she she did a, um, a a pretty decent job with it. You know, the person that was now we haven't seen yesterday when I was at the scene, I went to the scene. And I spoke with someone that lives in the house where Jamal, then the moped scooter, the way it was described to me by the police was they're saying it was more like a, a Vespia, I believe. But anyhow. Um, she said she knew that the neighbor next door, they had cameras outside. So maybe they have the definitive video of whether or not the police cruiser did in fact hit him. And it does make a difference. It absolutely makes a difference on whether or not he did. Um, it is possible that, that he didn't, that he then, but it, it is a little unclear who took down the stop sign? And we're going to, again, talk to his stepdad, Bernard, in, in just a moment. But, folks, once again, I want to remind you, during these dangerous times, don't forget about our friend John Francis at Competition Shooting Supplies. Call him today, 401-272-3340. Remember, when they say defund the police, you say Competition Shooting Supplies. Uh, stop in and see, again, the Defender of the Faith, John Francis, at Competition Shooting Supplies today. Call them at 727-1716, 727-1716, Competition Shooting Supplies, 435 Benefits. It's exit 2A, firearms, ammunition, accessories. Folks, especially if you're a business owner, more and more people. And if you're thinking of getting a firearm, John will walk you through the process. He is so knowledgeable. John Francis at Competition Shooting Supplies, 727-1716. Stop it and see him. And by the way, on this Tuesday, if you have some firearms, one of our listeners, they put their, I guess their father had an extensive uh, gun collection, had some, uh, some, some pretty good weapons that the father, I think he has a number of different weapons. And anyhow, he's not using them anymore. His father's older, and I think he's even in, in, a, uh, in a nursing facility. And so the son brought them in, and their people are paying good money right now. If you have a used firearm, contact John Francis, 727-1716. I know of someone else. This Someone I know, a friend of mine, he's got or had like 20 guns. But he found he was only using three or five of them, somewhere that. So then he sold 15 of them. And why not, folks? There are other people that need them, by the way. Competition shooting supply, 727-1716, located at 435 Benefit Street in Pawtucket. Now, if you've missed, if you haven't seen the video... And I have three or four different videos on the website to Petro.com. Log on at the website and you can uh, see for yourself, <coughs> excuse me, and then determine what you think happened. Remember, to Petro.com brought to you by R.E. Coogan Heating. Helpful, trustworthy, reliable. Experience the 24-hour emergency service difference, 732-6562. So let's get Bernard on the line. He is the uh, stepfather of Jamal, and we want to find out exactly the condition that Jamal is in. And then um, again, folks, and also just the latest as the story develops. And I think they're going to have a large turnout this evening. Is that you, Bernard? It is. All right, folks, joining us right now on the John DePietro show is Jamal's stepdad. And it's uh, Bernard. Good afternoon. Once again, Bernard. Good afternoon, John. All right. First and foremost, what can you tell us on Jamal? Um, they did a procedure where they put a tube, inserted a tube into his head, so if there's any swelling, it can drain. As far as I know, overnight, um, you know, it's the same, which is good. His reflexes are good. He's showing good signs. Um, but they did say that his brain is badly bruised. There's no broken blood vessels, what they were worried about and all that. And, um, 
He's still in critical condition. He is. And it must be very difficult, uh, Bernard, simply because because of the COVID situation, it's very limited who can get in to see him. Yes, there's only, there's visiting at 11, one's at 11 in the morning, and then there's one, another one at night. So between his fiance, his mother, yep. and his father, it's very, uh, you know, difficult. They have to take turns, and, you know, it's like, it's really taking a toll on my wife. I was going to ask that. How is she? Right now, she's not doing too good. You yeah. Know? She just, you know, as a mother, she wants to be there 24 hours and she can't. And, and it's hard. And to sit there and watch, you know, a person that you love go through the pain and suffering that she's going through. You know, there's only so much you can do and say. And and I believe, do you, do you live in Middletown, the new Middletown, Newport area? So is she going back and forth? Yes, yeah, she is yes. traveling back and forth. She actually had to take a leave of absence from work, you know, just to be home. I mean, I couldn't see her going to work anyways. You yeah. know, her, her mind's everywhere right now. Hmm. And what about the rest of uh, the rest of his body? Does he have any other, obviously, they're mostly concerned about the brain. Does he have any other broken bones or anything like that? They, through the MRI, they didn't find none, so that's good. Um, I believe he has, you know, road, uh, you know, from hitting his, his asphalt, some of his skin and stuff. Hmm. What What can you tell us, Bernard? Um, your wife's state of mind regarding the statements yesterday uh, with the the press conference with the the police and the mayor and the attorney general. Um, not too happy. I mean, they keep pointing out that the the scooter wasn't registered. Okay, it's a misdemeanor. Does that really matter when this 24-year-old is sitting there fighting for his life? Right. Like, he might wake up and he might not be the same kid. Yeah. You know? And the pressure on his fiance. What if he's not the same kid? Now she has to look at taking care of a 24-year-old for the rest of her life? Mm. Like, this is a life-changing situation. And all they keep doing is talking about an investigation that's going to take months and months and months, which I don't understand. Yeah, I don't either. I'm with you, Bernard. It doesn't, you know, and I want people to understand. I mean, I, I, I've i seen, and I, I shared this with Bernard. It's it's one thing when you have some kind of a, uh, and maybe it's not a good analogy, but like a plane crash that is very difficult where they have to retrieve the black box and they have to go find the engine and what exactly caused the plane to come down. But I, I don't see where, I, I don't see where this would be that Difficult to determine whether or not, I mean, would it be fair to say the family, you would like to know whether or not the police officer, the cruiser did strike Jamal? Yes. Yeah. From what I gathered, um, there's two sets of videos from two different people. And in each video, the people express how the police officer hit them and they react to it. It's Hmm. two different people. That's two different accounts that are saying that he hit them. Yes. And for the commissioner to sit up there and to say that the black box, it might be there or it might not, sounds to me like he could come back later on and say, well, we didn't retrieve the black box because it was damaged. Hmm. Like, you hit somebody. How how much damage could he do to that black box? Yeah, I I don't understand. And the, the cruiser did end up on the sidewalk. Someone took down a stop sign. I was there yesterday. The stop sign that was at the corner is gone. I think yesterday, Bernard, at the briefing, they mentioned that they thought the stop sign hit Jamal when he was down. So it could have been the cruiser hit the stop sign. I I don't know, but it is odd that the cruiser wasn't in the street. The cruiser was up on the sidewalk next to Jamal. Yes. Yeah. I agree. You know, that part, I know they want to get it right. I know they want to be precise. But I, I agree with you. I don't, and I felt that yesterday. And you know what else? And again, folks, we're speaking with Bernard, who is the step stepdad to Jamal Gonzalez, who right now, as you heard, he is still, he is in a coma. He is, uh, I believe he's still listed and he's in critical condition. Correct, correct Bernard? Yes, he's still yeah. in ICU. He is. And so it's still a very touch and go situation. Um, now, th- there's a lot of questions that could be answered after the fact, which is, you know, when some of them came out yesterday and I was asking, you know, was he 
was this particular officer, was he following him? Um, were, there were other bikes there. Why was it it seemed that he kind of zeroed in on, on him? Uh, was he following too closely? Whoa, whoa, there were a lot of police cars in the area. Why, what was the nature of their interaction? But it seems to begin and end with whether or not he hit him from, from behind. And even if it is, even if it was, an, it, it was an accident, even if he said, you know, I didn't intend to hit him, it, at least then, Bernard, you'd have an answer, correct? Correct. We would yeah. have some closure on the situation, but right. it's like they're prolonging it. Yeah, I don't, I understand. And I know that it was Commissioner Perry that was saying, we're going to send this off to these labs and it takes months and you know, you and I are going to uh, going to attend. There's a, a protest in, uh, you know, to honor him and let him know that he's thinking of people are thinking of him tonight. And and I believe, you know, that crowd tonight, they, they want answers, Bernard. Yes. Yeah. What can you tell us? Um, your, your wife's spirits, what's going through her mind? What is some has she spoken with the mayor? Has she heard from the governor? Uh, what What can you tell us about that? She hasn't received no calls from any commissioner, the mayor, the governor. All she's receiving calls is from lawyers. And that's not our main concern. Oh, my goodness. You're kidding me. The concern is Jamal's health and getting justice for him. Oh, wow. We're not worried about it. She's getting phone calls, like, from lawyers. Uh, They're calling their friends that know her. It's it's just terrible. It is terrible. People out over an accident. We're worried about... Uh, 24 year old son that lays in a coma. Yeah. Is, um, do you know, is his fiance, uh, what can you tell us about uh, Jamal's fiance? Jamal's fiance is a very, very nice girl. Um, yeah. They met in high school. They've been dating ever since. Um, a lot of people comment like they're so young, they can't believe that how much in love they are, but they are. They yeah. just recently got engaged. She's in college. You know, she loves him to death, and she can't even hold it together because she's been with this man, this young guy, for all her life, and now she can't even, like, spend time with him, you know, like they used to. They go bike riding, they travel, and now she's watching him lay in a coma in ICU. Yeah. Now, Bernard, do you know, is the fiancé, is she planning on attending the um, rally uh, protests, whatever we're calling it tonight? No, she's going to be actually at that time. It's been an hour, so she's going to be up there with Jamal during okay. the protest. Okay. And and um, what about, now is your wife going to attend the protest tonight? Yes. She uh, is. My wife's going. Uh, some of his, uh, his brother's going. His sister's are going. And um, also his uh, father will be there. Oh, wow. All right. Well, that's, you know, and that's important. Uh, I would imagine that the family wants to show support and uh, and show this. We were I was chatting with Brother Gary right before we uh, came on air. And um, this sounds like there's going to be a big crowd tonight of people that want to turn out to show support for Jamal. For yes. yes. Um, Bernard, before I let you go, is there, you know, some I I, want to tell you, I, I am surprised that. Um, that Mayor Lorza, it's tonight, folks. It's justice for Jamal Gonzalez. Um, one of the the parts of that says stop racist police terror. Now, Bernard, I mean the group. One thing it's one thing that the group is putting this on justice for Jamal Gonzalez. But would you say it's fair right now that that we don't know whether or not um, this business of stop racist police terror? We we don't know if if, if there was any. I mean, you tell me, do you feel right now, do you have any information or show anything that this was somehow race-related? It is, it's an unknown. It's, it's unknown, <laughs> but from my experience, racism runs in the Providence police station since the early 80s. Yep. And I know that from growing up and seeing incidents and everything. And, and do I believe race played a part? I sure do believe it played a part. Hmm. What if they were chasing him in Warwick? Right. He was, you know, of a different race. I don't think it would have turned out the way it turned out in Providence. It would have been a total different story if it was in some upper class or some neighborhood in Warwick, Cranston or something. Yep. It wouldn't have turned out the way it turned out. Yeah. Um, before I let you go, is there anything 
that would your li- wife like to hear from from Mayor Lorza? Would like to hear from Commissioner Perry? I mean, I, I, I maybe on their hand, they're saying they want to give your family, you know, the space you need and try to be respectful. But there's a world of difference between that and then if I, I will tell you, it's it's unusual. I'm I'm surprised to hear. I thought you would have said Mayor Lorza immediately came to the hospital and said to your family, you know, let me know if there's anything we can do. Absolutely not. Huh. And, and he did it at the press conference. Okay, he gave, you know, their support and everything. Not one phone call from any government official as the governor or the mayor to show their support to this 24-year-old kid that's laying up in the hospital fighting for his life. Yeah. And they talk about communities. They're there to support the community. Well, this is a member of your community. Why aren't you there supporting him? I don't understand that. And I know the whole situation with uh, Bernard, uh, with, with, with COVID, but... Mayor Lorza could have said, I stopped by the hospital just to let the family of Jamal, Jamal Gonzalez know that anything he needs were on call for him 24-7. And you're saying that that has not happened. And I find that very surprising. Yes, nothing has happened. No or the governor, no for nothing. that matter. Hmm. Yes. Wow. You know, there have been other instances where they do contact the family. Um, yes. Boy, I... I don't know what to make of that. I am very a lot of times when I'm asking a question, I kind of think I know the answer. But you you have thrown me on that one. I thought they would have said, "Oh yeah, no." The governor and the mayor they immediately contacted us and said, "If there's anything we can do to help." Uh, I am going to see Governor Raimondo tomorrow. I'm going to attend her press briefing, Bernard. And I, if you don't mind, with your permission, I'd like to ask her uh, how come she has not contacted your family with your permission. Yes, you have my permission. We would okay. like to know why. Well, Bernard, again. Uh, everyone is thinking of Jamal, and more, you know, most importantly, right now, uh, to you, your wife, his uh, his family, to everyone, to just kind of, this is a very difficult situation for the family to be in. It's very touch and go, and so everyone needs to keep their prayers up. And those that want to turn out, that is tonight from six to eight, justice for Jamal Gonzalez, and that is a new place, folks. By the way, it's the Knight Memorial Library, right on. Um, right on Elmwood Avenue. So, Bernard, I will I will see you tonight and look forward to speaking to you uh, tonight in person. Thank you, John, so much for the help. And thank you, um, everybody, for their thoughts and prayers for my family. We really do need it during this tough time, you know, without my son laying up there in a cold. Yeah, no, and you have a lot of good friends out there, Bernard. And uh, Jamal's got a lot of good friends. I went last night to cover part of the ride they had for him and... He's, uh, he's a very well-liked young man. So uh, you and your wife have done a tremendous job and his dad in, in raising him. And so right now, we're just going to keep a good thought and we're going to take it uh, one day at a time. Yes. Okay. Thank you, Bernard. I'll see you tonight. All right. Thank you, John. Okay. Take care. All right, folks. There he is. And again, he is um, what a nice man and, uh, and a class act. That is uh, Bernard, in fact. Um, who is the uh, stepdad for Jamal. Now, folks, uh, again, again, good afternoon. It's John DePietro. Now, I want to be very clear. I, I don't know what, you know, you watch it. It's funny. It's not funny. What I meant to say was what stands out to me, by the way, is last night I, I showed some people uh, the video that's on the website, DePietro.com. And when when I first showed it to them, they thought, nope. I don't think he hit him. No, he didn't. And then they kept watching it. And then we watched it from another angle. And then they thought, oh, wow, he did hit him. So I don't know what the, the answer is. I mean, I, I I think the sooner that law enforcement, and again, I, w- I want to be very clear about something. Right now it's, um, what time is it? 1244. And... I think the, the Providence Police, they're in a very difficult situation. And Chief uh, Providence Police Chief Hugh Clemens, folks, what, what I want you to know about the Providence Police, believe me, I have covered them <clears throat> for over 20 years. And I covered them during the Cianci years when things were really out of control. And Barney Prignano was the chief that turned out to be corrupt. Right, that he gave out test answers, even though certain members of the media kind of protected him. And um, and you know, I I've covered them. This right now, this command force of the Providence Police, Chief Clemens, 
Tom Verde is the number two, Commander Verde. He, he is, Verde is one of those people, I'm glad he's a police officer. Okay, you have Major David LaPayton. It's like an all-star team. Over the weekend, I was watching an episode of The Last Dance with Michael Jordan, and you have the Bulls that was just such a, you know, between Jordan and Pippen, and at one point Horace Grant, and Steve Kerr, and Paxson, and, you know, the Chicago Bulls starting five, it, it was just such a force. But my, my point is not to get off track, but the, the Providence police between, I saw yesterday, um, Major Lepre was there, and LaPayton. And Chief Clements and uh, Verdi and Captain O'Hara. I mean, they, they have, I think, the best police force they've had ever as far as the leadership team. And they were standing there right yesterday. What you saw yesterday, they never would have done if Pregnano and back going way back then. They never did. They never did until unless it was an absolute full court press. But my point. Point is, I, I, um, there's a lot of politics involved here. When you get the attorney general be there, and then the mayor is there, and Commissioner Perry is there, Stephen Perry, who again I've known him. I covered him when he was the head of the Rhode Island State Police. Known him a long time. They're not. I, I don't believe they're protecting anyone. But this puts the police in a very, very difficult situation, without question. It has been, and and I also want to um, I'm, I'm going to mention something else. And again, folks, good afternoon. It's John DePietro. Now, coming up next hour, we are going to speak with Liz Harrington, <clears throat> Republican National Committee person for the, for the Trump campaign. The big debate coming up Thursday night. We're also going to speak with another friend, friend of the family um, of Jamal and Bernard. But I, um, I also want to remind you about It's My Health in Cumberland. We spoke to Marie just the other day right across from Davenport's It's My Health in Cumberland, because it's your health. Right across the street from Davenport Restaurant, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Stop in and see Marie. You can call her at 401-305-3585. It's my health in Cumberland. Vitamins, herbal remedies, trusted companies, local products, over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices, hemp and CBD products. Stop in and see Marie, because it's your health. You want to stay healthy. This is, whether they want to admit it or not, this is a second wave that has hit the United States. It just is. And it was somewhat predictable. And by the way, this is going on worldwide. The media is being very unfair to President Trump. Like it's an American problem. It's not an American problem. This is going on all over the country that the more you test, the more the numbers go up. And the media has not fully framed that. And I think part of that is because the media is against the president. But anyhow, to stay healthy... Stop in and see my friend Marie. It's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Call her at 401-305-3585. It's my health in Cumberland. Now, um, <clears throat> this has, um, I don't like the media's coverage of the pandemic. I don't think it's been accurate. You know, they were so quick to, here's a picture of URI students. Look at them. They're all mingling. 50 tested positive and not one in the hospital. Not one. I received a good email. Now, remember, folks, you can always email me. Go to the website, petro.com. You hit Contact John. And by the way, if you want to advertise, there's never been a better time to advertise than right now. Get in touch with me. Let's talk your business. We have a lot of different packages between Facebook Live, between the radio show, between the website, petro.com. Just log on at the website, petro.com. Hit Contact John. There's also a button you can hit for advertise. But they, they don't point out the fact no one in the hospital. Someone else sent me a great email mentioning months ago, they used to break out the ages of who exactly died and the ages of the people in the hospital. Do you notice they've stopped doing that? I don't know why they've stopped doing that. I will try to ask Governor Mundo and Dr. Scott about that tomorrow, but they're not mentioning that. They don't mention that, you know, 100 kids at URI who are being tested all the time tested positive, and they were all asymptomatic, right? 100 kids at PC, look at this outbreak. 100 PC kids tested positive. Not one in the hospital, not one K through 12 student is in the hospital due to COVID. So what, what are we talking about? You know, if it continues to hit older people, I'm not saying it's a, it's a good thing, but President Trump is 74 and slightly obese. He's He's fine. Whatever they gave him, 
He's fine. Governor Chris Christie, he was in a hospital. He's morbidly obese. He's fine. That super spreader event that they talk about, not one person passed away from that. Not one. So with all this testing, what does it mean, though, if they're not packing in at the hospitals? Then it just means we're learning to live with the virus. But you won't hear that. I want to just point out, though, people ask me if I think there's a bias in local media. And again, folks, I do want to, I will be covering this protest tonight. Justice for Jamal Gonzalez. We will be ready. Check the Facebook page. Now, it's 6 to 8 tonight, so it's starting early. But we are going to be there, and we're going to bring it to you. And, and I'm telling you, as someone that has covered this uh, extensively all summer, and I bring it to you, this is what's happening. Here's who's here. <clears throat> there are two sets of rules. There's the rules for you, and then there's the rules for the protesters. With the protesters, the media never goes into detail about them. And I saw one of the most extreme examples of it. And I did send her a message on Twitter to ask her why you wouldn't mention that. But the Providence Journal had a story. And this is important. I want you to hear this because I realize, listen, I get pushback from the local media because I talk about that. I think there is a bias with it, but I can handle that. But I, I did send a nope, no response. What a surprise. No, she doesn't respond. But anyhow, I um, I question. It's a reporter for the Providence Journal, Madeline List. So she was up on Federal Hill. She was there last night covering some of the ride, and she was covering the highway. But just listen to her story, and just hear me out. And again, folks, right now at 1252, good afternoon. It's John DePietro, AM 1380. Try that 99.9 FM. I was in Providence yesterday, like I've been almost every day now, and then that 99.9 FM comes in great. By the way, I was in Rehoboth on Friday afternoon, and the 99.9 FM came in great. Plug that in on your car, and you can always listen online at the website, depetro.com. But here was the Providence Journal story. Seven people were arrested by the Rhode State Police Monday night after traffic was blocked on Route 95, part of a protest over Columbus Day. Protesters were demanding... The holiday named to honor the Italian explorer be changed to Indigenous People Day. Listen to this. According to local activist Amanda Toussaint. And then they have a quote. Protesters held a banner. Genocide happened here. Rhode Island is guilty as charged, according to Toussaint. What really I cannot believe is those quotes were given on Monday night. Monday night, those quotes were given by this, and I'll call her, she's like the lead protester. I know who she is. I didn't know who she was prior to all the protests over the summer. Believe me, I know who she is now. Why do I mention that? Nowhere in the article does the Providence Journal mention that this local activist, who was number one on the highway, number two, right on my website, we have the police record. She was arrested Early Saturday morning, the protest was Monday. She was arrested early Saturday morning for threatening to kill police, bit a security officer, urinated on a building. She's a female. She was in the Raimondo press briefing. Nowhere in the story does the Providence Journal mention that she had been arrested 48 hours earlier in a violent read the the police I have the um, arrest report on the website, depetro.com. Read it. It was violent. They, they couldn't get her in cuffs. They couldn't get her in the cruiser. They couldn't get her in a van. Then she was banging her head on the ground like a maniac. And then they had to sedate her at the hospital. And she was threatening she was going to shoot and kill Providence police. Now, one mention in the Providence Journal. And they quote her. And the reason I mention that is for years. Those of you that have been around for a while, years. The Providence Journal, when a member of organized crime, does this sound familiar? A member of organized crime would pass away and the family would take out an obituary in the Providence Journal. The journal would then work in his arrest record into the obituary. And I remember there was a family from Johnston and the man had like been arrested in the 60s. And here it was. It was like 2002 or three. 
and he passed away. And they paid for the obituary. And then the journal puts in, in 1962, he was arrested for stolen car. He was a reputed member of the patriarchal crime family. And the journal thought, oh, no, you know, we have to put that stuff in. And it's so important for us to put that stuff in. This was 48 hours earlier. This person violently arrested for threatening to kill police. Not one mention in, in the story by Madeline List. How, how is that possible? Are you, I, like, what is this? It's like different rules for the, quote, protesters. Folks, I'm telling you, if that was, any, if that was anyone considered a Trump supporter, if that was someone, oh, I don't know, white, if that was a male Oh, they would have the they would, they would have a link to the police report. And a fair question is, you know, if you're saying, which I think somewhere they say, oh, no, we were being peaceful by being on the highway. I think you, a fair question would say, how do you say peaceful when you were just arrested for threatening to kill police 48 hours ago? Not 48 years ago, not six months ago, not 10 years ago, not a year ago. 40, Monday, Saturday morning to Sunday, Monday night. No mention in the Providence. How is that possible? What are these people doing? Why would you not mention that? Insanity. And they quote her, is my point. How the hell is that objective? That really, how biased can you be? Folks, if there was a Trump supporter... If at that Trump rally at the Rhode Island State House, if one Trump supporter, if one Trump supporter had been arrested for spitting on the sidewalk, which they wouldn't have been arrested for that, but boom, are you kidding? They would have led with it. And never mind, how about Channel 10 had two arrested at back the blue rally? And it was it was two people that were actually protesting, counter protesting the, the back the blue rally because there was no back the blue rally. Talk about biased. So, you know, I don't know. I'm tempted if I see it or not to say something, but they don't even say anything. Hey, Madeline Lish, how, how do you not comment on that? How is that? You, you're supposed to be objective. All right, you're going to, I'm just curious, while we have you and you're talking about this, can you please, you know, what happened with your arrest? Were you were threatening to kill the police? Why would you not see if I'm the Providence police, why would you then talk to that particular reporter of the Providence Journal? I mean, talk about biased. Why would you hide that? I, I just I don't have an answer on that one, folks. I don't. But I'll tell you what I do have an answer on. If you're ever in an accident. Pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body. Call them today, 401-272-3340. It's Kenny, it's Patricia, it's West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. Did someone hit your car? Did someone damage it? Whether it's a drunk driver, someone texting and driving, someone not paying attention, you can depend on West Fountain Auto Body. Call them, 272-3340. They'll handle everything for you, the original, the best, West Fountain Auto Body, located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. Well, here's what we're going to do. It's 1259. It's John DePietro. Now, we have, obviously, another hour to go here on the program. Next hour, you don't want to miss it. We're going to have Liz Harrington with the Trump campaign, with the spokesperson for the GOP. And then we're also going to have a very good friend of the family of Jamal Gonzalez. So a lot more to go. Plus, I'll tell you more about the protest tonight. Uh, It's all ahead. What we're going to do is we're going to break for the one o'clock news. And then we're going to have a lot more. Another The Power Hour is next. It's the John DePietro Show continuing right here. Remember, AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Always listen online at the website, dePietro.com. So we'll get the one o'clock news. Big debate coming up Thursday night. And then a lot more ahead. Right now, it's one o'clock. Or everybody, the next hour is on the radio.